Welcome to Married by Design. Selfishness, pretense, and deception. These are all traits of a bad marriage that ends badly. That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome back to this week's episode of Married by Design. We've been really enjoying the series that we're in right now. It's entitled, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. It's all about looking at marriages in the Bible. We have so much we can learn from examples in the Bible. History is so instructive. It is said that if you don't learn from history, you are in danger of repeating it. It's only when we study those that have gone before us that we can gain wisdom and avoid the traps that they fell into. And there certainly are a lot of traps to avoid. We have seen in our marriage that God has watched over us and protected us from major mishaps. That's in part due to the fact that we've always been in the Word. We've always read and studied it. It's essential because we know that on our own we're bound to take a wrong turn. That's right. God gives us His Word to keep us on a straight path. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. What a wonderful promise. When we try to walk according to His Word and rely on His wisdom, He will give us a straight path. We certainly have seen that in our marriage. It's amazing that we've been married for 34 years. We certainly haven't been perfect, and we've made some mistakes. We've stepped in some potholes, but we haven't driven into a ditch. That's because we've also learned from the examples that we see, and I think that's helped us quite a bit in our marriage. That's why we've been looking at marriages in the Bible. We can learn from the great marriages as well as the bad marriages. We're looking at good marriages, those in which the husband or the wife are generally seeking out the Lord and trying to follow His ways. There's a rich blessing in their obedience and submission. We've also looked at bad marriages. We're going to look at one of those this week. The bad marriage is one in which people make choices to do wrong, and they suffer the consequences of that. When we purposely turn away from God's ways and think that we know better, we're headed for a world of hurt. And we're also looking at ugly marriages. These are marriages in which the couple generally want to follow the Lord, but they rely on their own understanding and their own wisdom. And the result, as in in the example of Jacob and Rachel, is very ugly. It should be an encouragement to always trust in God's Word and do what He says. Well, this week we're again looking at a bad marriage. Actually, for this couple, we don't have a lot of information about their whole life. We just see this one situation. But it tells us a lot about their choices in their marriage. It's a story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. I think we would do well to take some time to look at this passage and to learn some of the choices they made and try to avoid the traps they fell in. We're not going to take time to read the whole passage, so we encourage you to pause the podcast and read it. Ananias and Sapphira are part of the church that was growing and expanding. They were part of the Christian fellowship, and yet there were some real issues in their hearts and their marriage relationship. We're going to look through those and make some suggestions of things that we all can learn from their example. Again, the passage is Acts 5, verses 1 through 11. We're going to walk through it and point out some things as far as application. 
It may be a little unfair to say that they were evil, as we don't really have a lot of information about them. But the things that they did in this story certainly were evil, and it seems that they are probably were indicative of their lives in general. I don't think that people usually make such devastating decisions on the spur of the moment and out of character. These kind of choices were probably a pattern of their lives, and we see their only and final example of it. The first thing that we learn about Ananias and Sapphira was that they were all about trying to impress others. That's called pretense. You can see it in the passage that they had sold property and had brought only part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. That was deceptive, as we see later in the passage. Apparently, they presented to the church that they were giving everything, but they really only gave part. We will look at the idea of deception and lying, but there's also some pretense involved. It is apparent that what others believed about them was very important to them. They presented themselves and what they gave in a way that it made them look better and more generous than they were. This could be a real danger in a marriage relationship if the husband and the wife, or either one, are so focused on impressing others that they're willing to lie, they're headed for trouble. Part of the issue is the focus on other people's opinions. That's an unhealthy preoccupation with what others think of you, and it leads to an unhealthy spiritual life. In that case, no one really knows how you're doing and what's really going on. When you're so preoccupied with what other people think, you resist being transparent about things that you're struggling with. We can all have a tendency to fall into this trap. You end up presenting an incorrect and alternate picture of your life and marriage to those around you, including those in the church. And it leads to a very unhealthy marriage. The lack of transparency will lead to increasing struggles in your marriage. No one will know what's really going on, and you will miss the help and counsel that you could have from other believers. Ananias and Sapphira are focused on impressing the other, other people in the church. Forget about pretense and impressing others. Just live a life of integrity. When you're struggling, you have to be honest and transparent so that others can help you. It's a very sad state to be deeply struggling in your marriage and have nobody around you know it. The second thing we can learn from this couple is related to this. They lived a life of deception. That goes right along with the pretense. If you are struggling and want to look good, you have to lie about your relationship with God and your spouse to look good in your life to put up the best front. That's what this couple did. He could have easily said it was only part of the proceeds from the land. That's Ananias. But they wanted to impress people, so they lied about it. In verse 3, Peter said, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? He goes on in verse 4, You have not lied to men, but to God. And in verse 8, Peter asks his wife the same thing. She agreed with the pretense and the lie. Notice what Peter said. The key was not the fact that they lied to people in the church. That was bad enough. But they did much more than that. Peter says they lied to the Holy Spirit. Peter said to Sapphira that they agreed together to test the Spirit. This is a key understanding if we are to have a healthy marriage. This couple was so preoccupied with trying to impress others that they thought they could lie and get away with lying to God. This is where the brokenness and rebellion comes in. Lying and deception will destroy a marriage. 
not just lying to others. When you do that, you will not allow them to fully understand what's going on and help you. But lying to God? If you're lying to God, your spiritual life will be dead in the water. The lying comes so easily in the form of little compromises, but over time it evolves into a life of deception. We don't realize that we're not just lying to ourselves and our spouse, but we're lying to God, which is insane because God sees everything and he's not deceived. The Lord deals very harshly with Ananias and Sapphira. They both die on the spot. This is not the typical way that God deals with lying, but it seems that God wanted to make an example that the whole church would see. In verse 11 it says, A great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Wow, God wanted to make it very clear to all the believers how devastating and evil lying was. It had a deep impression on the church. It should have the same effect on us. We can't take lying so lightly and excuse it away. God will deal with us if we lie. And God does take it seriously, and we should as well. It destroys the trust with your spouse. It prevents you from having a transparent relationship with other believers and accountability that goes with that. And lying destroys your relationship with the Lord because you're walking in sin. Well, another red flag that was raised in their marriage was the collusion that took place. It seems that they were scheming together and working together to deceive the people in the church. It says in verse 2 that, And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds. Ananias was asked about the amount given, and his wife was asked the same question. She confirmed the deception that her husband made in verse 8 as to how much they sold the land for. The judgment was for both of them because they colluded or agreed together to deceive and lie about how much they sold the land for and how much they gave as an offering. A marriage is only as strong as the integrity of the two people within the marriage. It's only as a husband and wife walk with God and walk according to His standards that their marriage thrives. If one of them compromises in some area of life, There is a safeguard because their spouse should hold them to a high standard and confront the issue. Here, both the husband and wife colluded or agreed together to deceive, and there was no safeguard. This is why we put this marriage under the heading of evil. They not only willfully sinned against church and the Holy Spirit, but they agreed together and planned it out. So let me ask you a question. If your spouse was struggling in in some areas and compromising, would you speak the truth in love and confront the issue? Or would you possibly allow it to happen or even agree with them and cover it up? We do have to love each other enough to love the truth and have the courage to speak up. To allow your spouse to walk in sin and even excuse it is to allow a cancer in their heart that will destroy them and your marriage. For Ananias and Sapphira... They thought they were getting away with something, but they were not. It ended up destroying them. There's two more related principles that we need to see from this marriage. The first one relates to developing a hardened heart. For this husband and wife, it was apparent that their hearts were hardened to the truth of God's Word and the Holy Spirit. I'm sure they knew they were lying and that it was sin. But their hearts were callous to sin, and they felt like they were above the law. When you add to that their rejection of the work of the Holy Spirit convicting them and showing them the truth of God's Word, it leads to difficulties in a broken marriage. 
They were obviously not walking with the Lord at this time. We don't know but much about their history as a couple, but it certainly does not seem like it was good that they would get to this point of rejection of God's truth. They did not have a fear of the Lord or concern about lying against the Holy Spirit. Any of us can fall into the morass of having a hard heart. When we, like Ananias and Sapphira, disregard God's truth and forget the work of the Spirit, we're headed for a bad marriage. Our hearts will become indifferent to God's truth. We think we know better than God and disregard His ways. We encourage you, if you find an area in your life where your heart is hard, that you carefully examine the Word and see if it lines up with what you're thinking and practicing. If not, you may need help, including marriage counseling, to work through these issues and come to a clear conscience. Well, that's enough for Ananias and Sapphira. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to take one of these areas and study it and discuss it as a couple. You can look at the lying and the deception, the pretense, the collusion, or the hardened heart. Well, let me pray. Father, I just pray that if there's any couples that are really struggling in these areas, Lord, that you would show them that, that you give them the courage and the strength and the power of your spirit to overcome them. Father, as we study each of these passages, that you would illumine our mind, help us to see maybe an area that we need to look at and apply. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us in this episode. We'd like to hear from you. You can email us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. We'd also encourage you to rate the podcast and leave a comment. It takes 10 or 15 seconds to do that, and it would be a great encouragement to us and give our podcast more visibility. Well, next week on our podcast, we'll be looking at an example of an ugly marriage. The first marriage we see in the Bible, their choices and the heartache and the consequences for their family. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design. Mm -hmm.